0: Plot twists, we're obsessed with them. In film, life and love, they turn up everywhere.
1: It's that defining moment when a story, any story, takes you in an unexpected direction.
0: I'm Tom, superhero buff and comedy lover.
1: And I'm Fran, reality TV obsessive and true crime enthusiast, and we're from NOW TV.
0: And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favorite plot twists both on and off screen.
1: So expect the unexpected and hopefully some behind-the-scenes nuggets that you've never heard before. Contains spoilers. Obviously. So, Tom, imagine this, right? You're a radio producer in Manchester. You're looking after some fresh-faced guys. Ricky Gervais, Stephen Merchant... But you're committed, you know, pushing the buttons, you're on the sound deck, you're behind the scenes. You're doing your job. You're doing your job. But Ricky, he takes a shine to you. Suddenly you kind of become the off-screen butt of the jokes. But he thinks you've got comic potential. And before you know it, you're in front of the mic.
0: Plot twist.
1: I know, indeed. And not only that, you then become part of one of the world's biggest podcasts. Wow. Your playground catchphrases, there are memes about you, the lot. I mean, that's just the first plot twist in this guy's history. Carl Pilkington. Oh,
0: I love Carl Pilkington.
1: We know, Tom. I think superfan is an understatement.
0: A little bit, maybe. But he's he's just incredible. He started out with XFM, working with Ricky and Steve, does the podcast. Then everyone knows him now from Idiot Abroad and The Moaning of Life. And now he's a lead actor from uh, Sick of It.
1: Exactly, and season two of Sick of It is on Now TV. Oh, I
0: love this series. So I mean, so it's good.
1: great. Not only does Carl play a version of himself as the main character, he's also a personification of his inner voice. Two leads. Two lead characters, from a guy who went from behind the mic to in front of it to now two leads. Incredible. Incredible. So needless to say, we were pretty excited about meeting Carl.
0: Very excited.
1: So not only were you nervous because, you know, you're number one fan, and he did make a comment about... Feeling safer with me sat between the two of you. But this is also the first time, you know, we've interviewed someone for the podcast. Which first is really time together. It's a big
0: deal. Talk about being like in at the deep end, Carl Pilkington. And Fran, you said I was nervous. I have never, ever seen you so quiet before.
1: I've never seen myself so quiet, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I don't think Carl was as nervous as us, though, was he? Probably not, no. I mean, he was just chomping on an egg mayo sandwich beforehand, which I feel really put me at ease. And
0: just biscuits.
1: If someone's chomping on an egg mayo sandwich, you know that they're pretty unfazed by the situation. I've no, done it before. Um, well, let's get stuck into it. Carl Pilkington on the Plot Twist podcast. Bring
0: it on. So, Carl, we were saying, obviously, off, off air that we've, we've met before, although uh, I'm not sure you remember... <laughs>
1: But not, I
2: think I don't, and and I don't know what the protocol is in this industry. <laughs> a lot of people say you're meant to sort of go, "Oh yeah," but I just think that's lying is the worst thing you can do because you're just digging a bigger hole. So you're better off just from the outset. It was a, it was the screening, wasn't it? That you were at, you said. Yeah, yeah. First series. Well, my second. head at screenings. Honestly, I'm terrified. I'm nervous. Um, it's not my environment that I'm happy in. So. Don't take it the wrong way, that I don't remember <laughs> you, but there was quite a lot of people there and in, again in this industry there's a lot of people hanging around who go, I don't know what you do.
1: You were probably having that moment at the bar, that slight bit of peace. I don't
2: even remember having time to be at a bar, <laughs> this was after it.
0: This was after the screening, so we've seen episodes I one do, and two. I do remember it now, so it's in that other room. But I was, there was a few people sort of lurking around, I was like, oh, I'm a huge fan of your previous work. You were I've with someone. A, I was with two girls, two influencers, yeah.
1: You're doing right, a good yeah. job of I pretending. No, no I've just remembered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I'm quite sad that we captured Carl remembering this interaction because I really enjoyed it previously when it was just he doesn't remember. Absolutely no recollection. the yeah. story of my life. It blocked it out because obviously it wasn't important
2: to me, brain. It wasn't a a big highlight of my life, and it's gone. But it's interesting how the brain still remembered it when you explained it a bit more and a bit more and a bit more. The visual cues reminded you of being in the
1: situation. Yeah, it's really weird, that. I think Tom was probably having one of those moments where he forgot that you could see him, so he was just staring at you. Yeah.
2: I just think the whole famous thing is ridiculous, and I'm not comfortable even you being a fan, in a way.
0: Have you ever been starstruck?
2: Do you know... I haven't. It's sad, isn't it? But I think what it is, is because some people would think I'm famous and I realise how unimportant I am, how sort of useless, and how I fell into this by accident, and how the industry is just stupid. So it makes
1: me realise that it's all just daft. That they're just the same sort of person that you are. Yeah. And therefore there's nothing to be into. There's nothing to be yeah, that's it. And then there's the other thing of
2: if you meet someone who you like and then they're not that nice, and you go, "Oh, that's that ruin Then I almost want to treat people who are like as a like a cartoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not meant to ever meet them. They're these people who live in the telly,
1: fictional character that mm, yeah. stays fictional. Yeah, there's no need. Well, Tom was admiring from afar. I think that I was
0: as I was. Yeah, but it's a lesson also not how to approach. Don't don't approach a <laughs> celebrity like that.
1: No, but not listen,
2: to. take it the good way. That I didn't remember you, but you didn't do anything bad, and I didn't think, "Oh, he's weird" either. True. I had no memory, There's still time.
1: Really. Yeah, no. there's yeah. There's still, still time. time. There's a lot of time. Mm. <laughs> so as we said, our podcast is called Plot Twist. So we're looking at talking about unexpected twists and turns that occur on or off screen. Mm. Um, but I suppose the most obvious place to start is what's your favourite sort of plot twist that you've seen in a movie or a box set or do you have one that particularly stands out sort of in your mind as the most memorable?
2: Do you know, I uh, I shouldn't be on this, cos I don't watch that much telly. Do you not? No, and I think if I did, I probably wouldn't have had a go at making telly. Well, cos you've been, like, intimidated by it, maybe? Yeah, right? and, and it's weird how now I'd say, since I've been doing this, I've watched a bit more, and now I do feel more intimidated cos I'm aware
1: of how good some of it is. Is it almost like an open audition versus a closed one? Yeah, when you don't know who else is auditioning. Yeah,
2: right. yeah that's exactly what But what makes like. you
0: different to anybody else in that sense?
2: What are you saying? Are you having a go? No, <laughs> not <Yeah>, at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> in,
0: why? well, you think everybody's like that or... But what, what, why shouldn't you go onto a set and feel like, well, I'm no different to you, I can do this?
2: Because most people have had, like, training and they can do it. Like, I can't ever imagine working on something that I'm not involved in. I don't think anyone's going to be going. Pilkington's who we who we need here, get his agent <laughs> on. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Everything's always been because I'm involved in it, and maybe to be honest, I'm a bit of a control freak. So, I don't know how I'd take it if um, you know Spielberg or whoever said you know get Carl in. I'd just I'd probably talk <laughs> myself out of it before anyone's turned the camera on. I'm not confident. That's that's what's weird in a way. When you were talking about being in that bar and going, "Oh God, it's coming over!" Oh my God, <laughs> do you get that thing where you can't? You <laughs> yeah.
1: uncanny. I didn't actually <laughs> you know because it,
0: it all happened very quickly
2: well, and not well, special the moment. Then no, but, <laughs>
0: no, because I've been stood there for a while and actually somebody else came to approach you right. and you said, "No, no, I've seen this guy. He clearly wants to have a chat." And right, you came I'll over, came and, over. We, and I just said, "I'm Tom from Now TV," and we that's we had a chat. Yeah. Um, I also said to you that sick of it gets better when I have watched it again. And you thought I said that because I was with two girls and I was trying to show off.
1: Which <laughs> um, sounds like something that you would, you would do, to be fair. No, but it's really true. Accurate. It's true,
0: because I think seeing it the second time around actually getting used to the premise, because it, yeah, be, it is so different to everything yeah, actually Yeah,
2: well, that's, that's the biggest battle I had and seeing away at me all the time, does me. in. But what I was I about to say? I was about to say, um, yeah, the nervousness, feeling like it shouldn't be in it. And, and I was wondering, I bet I was more nervous... In that room that night when you met me than you were about anything else. I'm just most people who get into this sort of work are probably from a certain background, a certain confidence. Mm. They just made for it more. more they've thought it bit. through more, they've thought it, it's a dream, they're chasing it. Whereas all this is I fell into it, didn't I, by accident? So I'm always a bit kind of oh what are people gonna think of this? And everybody knows I'm blagging it. Was there any part of you before
0: it? that I looked ahead and thought, actually, I would like to do this, no, like years and years ago?
2: I mean, I enjoyed watching the odd film and what have you, but uh, and I did a few things at school, public speaking and a uh, bit of a talent show thing, but it wasn't kind of like... Do you know when people talk about it and they go, and they came off stage and they go, this is it, I've found my destiny mm. and all that? <laughs> I was like, thank God that's over.
1: You, you know, say everything it. happened by accident almost. You kind of it, fell into each of the, definitely. the
2: paths. Yeah, yeah. No, without a doubt. Every Apart from the radio bit, that was the aim. I wanted to get on radio. And that was, when I think back about that, I think that was because when you're on the radio, you can just empty your head, say what's going on in your head. No one's there to sort of question you. We not want a phone in. You know what I mean? It was just me in a room at two in the morning, playing the odd song and just waffling on about stuff without someone saying, shut up. So in a way that, that was easy for me because no one was there. Whereas in front of an audience, like I say, doing a Q and a, that thing you went to anyone who doesn't know what it is, but you, you know, before something goes out on the telly, they have an event, they have a screening, they put out two episodes and then you have to come out after and everyone does this awkward clap. And then you sit down and you kind of think, oh, I wonder how many are here because it's the job to be here. I'm sure they've got better things to be doing. Could be at home, they've got family to look at. And here I am holding them back, watching something they probably hate. And I just feel like I'm, yeah, just, just like let's get this over and
1: done with because I know you all just want to go home. But it's really interesting how you talk there about, you know, you're about to walk out on stage and you're thinking to yourself, why are they here? They've probably got somewhere else to be. That's really similar to obviously this character that you've created that that talks down the you character. So how do you sort of break apart those two or or was it based on you and your own It's based on
2: me and my own worries and thoughts and, you know, wanting to be better. I mean, that's what sick of it is. It's a a relationship between me and the voice in my head Mm. and the voice in your head, you know, it's there all the time and it's not always your mate, is it? It's like telling you you're not good enough. Why are you bothering? You know, doubting everything you do and and all that. So that's what it's about. That's why it's not. It's not funny. I don't. I don't think it's funny anyway. I just think it's a. I, th- I hope people liked it because they might relate to that. The the Cause constant it, battle because it's it's billed as a comedy drama, but it's not really a
0: comedy drama, is
2: it? I don't know. I you see all these categories of telly at the minute. I just go. I don't know what a lot of these mean.
1: I think yeah. what it is from the comedy perspective is. Everyone has that voice inside their own head that mm. they battle mm. day to day. The notion that we've got this brain that talks against us when actually it's our own muscle yeah, is quite bizarre. So I think that's probably where the, the, the comedy com- piece the, comes the, from. Co- the that, comedy
0: is the relatability, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's that it's relatable versus kind of explicit laugh-out-loud humour. Yeah, that,
2: yeah that's, that's what I'm after. I think, I think jokes... I don't really do comedy stuff and I, it's weird because people always... I, just before I did a, another podcast and someone at the start did the thing of, you know, the lead-up. Carl Pilkington is, uh, is a TV presenter, podcaster, author, comedian. And I was like, whoa, whoa hang on, where's, wh- who told you that? Because I'm not, I'm not that. And I, it's weird how just because I've done some stuff with Ricky and Steve, who are comedians, they go, well, you're one of
1: them. In the same bracket. It's just
2: so funny, isn't it? How they, people just go, well, you're one of them because you're with them. With them. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm not. I've never. I've never classed myself as funny. I. I, I know. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, and I put them out there, and then people sort of go, "Oh, that's funny. I've had that thought."
1: But it's that relatability I mean? piece, relatability. isn't it? Yeah.
2: And I. I prefer that. I think that's better than anything. That's important in life, isn't it? Relatability. That's how. That's how you get on with people to relate. They get by. Yeah. If you have a mate who's constantly telling jokes, after a while you go, oh, "Shut up." <laughs> I
1: I really enjoy your perspective on things where you kind of state something that's so incredibly obvious, but actually people don't don't talk about that. Like, I was listening to something where you were saying, why is the alphabet in the order that it's in? Yeah. I mean, that's not actually a question that I've ever heard someone ask before, but actually it's such a glaringly obvious question. Well,
2: it was just... It seemed like such an important thing at school. Like, they're telling you to know this thing in this order. And it's like, well, before you tell me what order it's in sometimes, if you know why it's in that order, it helps you remember it. Yeah. So what, what, why, why have we started with A? Who's decided? And the teacher was just like, just learn it. And I get it. Honestly, I do get it. When you've got a classroom of 35 kids and then someone's going, why is it in that order? I get, I get now. I, I look back on that and go, I get why she got annoyed with me. But at the time...
1: It's a question. But equally, she, did, can't she didn't question, answer it.
2: She didn't answer it. And probably because she didn't know, and I still don't know. I think still
1: know, and I would really quite like to find out and it doesn't. But the
2: interesting thing is, now with technology, you don't need that order anymore, do you? Because you just search. It's a you type yeah. it in, whatever you want, mm-hmm. and it finds it. You don't go... You were that way inclined as a kid. What, questioning? Yeah, just questioning things. Yeah, but still now, and Suzanne, my girlfriend, has always said, that is why you're a bit daft because you're not learning what they're trying to teach you. You're questioning what they're trying to teach you. And sometimes you shouldn't do that. You should just listen and take the information and learn what they're telling you. Why are you constantly going, why, why, why? But I I, I asked her why because I, I think it would help me.
1: Yeah, help you digest it. If you understand how you've got there... Yes, it. ...then you learn it. it. I'm but gonna... do you think because we've got... Everything is so accessible to us that we perhaps don't use our brains to retrieve things like information. So actually our brains have become more, potentially more redundant to have moments of just... They are redundant. ..talking to ourselves. I I, I don't know if
2: we've just gone off the rails with what life's about and how working stuff out and learning by your mistakes. Mm. You need... I mean, obviously there's serious things like don't lick the brown live wire. (laughs) That isn't something (laughs) you can learn, you know. That's not a test and learn, that one. But just everything, everything else... Especially because the world changes. So the world, uh, from an old person's perspective, is different anyway because they've lived a, and been through a lot and things were different for them. So you just learn as you go along. And I just wonder how much of that is still allowed or how much is being so controlled by mums and dads of don't let them see that, that'll upset them. That'll... You need to be upset. Mm. That's part of life. And you learn how to get over those problems by having to face them. If you're not dropped in them, it doesn't mean they're not there. Yeah. It's 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 a weird. Uh, uh, this Is is this meant to be like a. Yeah, yeah, I was going hearted. <laughs> it,
1: it can be whatever I you mean, want I it was to just be en- called. I was just engrossed there. I was no, really like. I,
2: I'm, I, I'm, and I do struggle putting into words what my brain's trying to say. But, um, but in a way, you've applied those learnings too, sick of it. Yeah, I have. And the confusion, and there'll be some people going, I don't know what he's going on about. Some people will say, I haven't got a voice in my head, and maybe they haven't, maybe mine's a bit louder. But mm. what the beauty of today is, everything's on demand, and so when you put a programme out, it's kind of there forever. And hopefully the people who get it will, when I say get it, that's not being sort of snobby going, oh, if you don't like it, then you don't get it. You might not like it, but the people who sort of go, I- I'm like that, I can relate to what's going mm-hmm. on there. It's nice in this day and age that it isn't just on, on a Thursday night and then it's gone. This it, Stuff hangs around forever. And I think that's the other reason when I was saying to you about, I don't, I'm not that interested in funny stuff. I think funny stuff dates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You watch some funny stuff from the 70s and you go, Jesus, this, is that, this isn't funny. Whereas I think problems in the brain... A similar as time goes. Yeah, whenever it's timeless. So it is a bit more timeless and we're living more in a a timeless time where stuff is around for longer. So I think uh, relatability and all that.
1: But to go back to the kind of you accidentally fell into it and Mm. acting wasn't kind of the childhood ambition, Mm. obviously you you co-wrote Sick of It. How did you go from being acting's not really for me, I find it a bit intimidating to I'm actually going to be the lead character and the mind of the lead character.
0: The two lead characters, right? The two lead
1: characters, essentially, from the I don't really want to be on the screen to actually I'll be on it and I'll be there twice. Yeah, at the beginning, I was like, no, don't want to be on it. I'll just write
2: it with Richard. And I'm trying to picture it, because I remember we were in a room, we were writing in a room about the same size as this, but with no windows, because I get easily distracted. (laughs) And uh, the way I work is I always like to put everything out on the table and say, I'm not good at this, I'm not good at that, this is going to be rubbish, it might not work, we might have to bin it. Just so I'm I'm putting out all my worries on the table, Mm. and then whoever I'm sat in that room with doing this thing, they know that that's my starting point. And if you want to carry this on, this is now your responsibility because I've just told you that I'm rubbish at all this. So if you don't walk out of the room, that's what you're getting involved in. But he's known me a long time, Richard. He was involved in uh, the travel stuff yeah. from from day dot um, day dot <laughs> from the from yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think I said something part of the script. I said something, and he said, "Oh, that's such a." Such a you thing, that, saying that. I can't imagine someone else saying that.
1: You're just planting the seeds. And I was like,
2: they'll be able to say it, they're actors. You give them the words, they do it. That's what an actor is. They'll do it. But I think (laughs) at that point, I think I knew that it's like, oh, he hasn't let go yet. He hasn't let go that I might not want to be in this. And we kept going and going. And with me, I know I need time. I'm not an impulse-type person. Mm. I really overthink Everything, to the point of it's not healthy. You know, that voice in my head can talk me out of anything and it's down to someone else to sort of shut it up. Mm. Yeah, I'm the same. But if there's not someone there pushing me, which in the past has been either my girlfriend or, like, mates or, you know, Rick and Steve pushing me into stuff, Richard in this... um, but I really, it's weird because, like you say, it went from definitely not to suddenly I was doing it and I don't, it was really crafty.
1: <laughs> i tell you what, from I Richard, think it was, or was it just a process there? I think, I think from, from, from
2: Richard, but I think what it was, he said, technically, because I'm in this thing twice, he said we could do with doing a day or two practice, just technically. But I wonder if a bit of him was also doing that to see if I'd just go. You oh, I can't up. do this. I might actually have a go and then balls it up, and it'd go. Actually, you're right. You can't do it. So I think, as well as being a technical run through, it was also a run through for for me to see if I can do this because it mm. is. It's a different ball game, sort of um, acting, and when I say acting, it is me. You know, I, I only have to tap into the. The emotions and that, that I have in my life. I'm not, if, if someone said, cry, you know, I'm not a crier, really.
0: You're good at laughing, though, in series two. That was give Joaquin Phoenix a for his money.
1: Do you reckon? Yeah. But you said that was quite a plot twist, really, because you'd never really I, seen Carl in that capacity at so. Yeah, the beginning bit of
0: uh, uh, episode one, one, I've never seen you smile so much. And I remember,
2: the Richard, something I don't do is like rehearsals. You know, like some things do um, workshops and. Uh, table reads all that I don't do any of that because all that's going to happen is I'm going to go it's rubbish rip it up so we have to like go that's it and then I'm changing it anyway up, right up till they go action I've been scraping you know scratching things off the paper putting something else on there changing, changing, changing so there's no point sat in a room going through it all and Richard didn't know whether I'd be a sort of laugh he's going I've never heard you laugh though and I'm going I'll do it when it comes I'll do it I'm not going to do it for you now. And the same, there was a few scenes like that where it was kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know. But when you're doing it in your sleep, though, in the series, that was really good.
0: That was really, really good.
1: I, I do have to I ask. Was there's, really, I was surprised. For anyone who's not seen the series, there's a a, a dream sequence where yeah. your face is superimposed on a baby's body oh, in yeah. a pram and yeah. you're being tickled by yeah. Ruby, the the love yeah. interest. Yeah. And I, I just wonder, you know, my interpretation of that was in his dreams, she's his happy place. Yeah. Was that the right thing? I didn't know if there was a deeper meaning there. No, it's or...
2: it's that it was that um like I say, spoiler, if you haven't seen it, turn this
1: off. Yeah. You? But <laughs> This is not the um, podcast for you. Yeah.
2: But no, it's um the the meaning was that I liked her but I didn't know it. See, in the in the episode before she'd shown a bit of care when I found a lump. Yeah. On my bollocks. She <laughs> She was the one who I went to because it's like, well, she's a carer and she might know if I should worry about this or what to do. And I've got no one else in my life showing me care. She showed a bit of interest. She was worried about me. She was checking up on me, la, And then that, without realising, I'm sort of like, oh, I liked... I li-. Even though at the start of the series I don't like her, I see her as the enemy, suddenly it's like there's someone in my life here who's caring for me and that got into my dream and then that's her like like say I'm a baby she's picking up the baby she's showing care to the baby it's me as a baby you're at your most sort of that's when you need someone the most vulnerable, vulnerable. Yeah. so that was that's where the thought that's where the idea came from that sort of
1: i mean it was extremely surreal but it's I weird, loved it? it
2: yeah yeah and it's weird I tell you what's weird someone said why is it because in series 1 there was a there was an st- episode with a baby um, episode two when I'm like... Was uh, it the... Uh, sm- sperm test and that.
1: Yeah, there was like a battery-operated yeah, one ba- of those Yeah, one of those practice. sort of trial
2: things. And someone was like... And that scene was a baby in a toilet. And they were like, what is it with you and babies in <laughs> toilets? <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. But it's coming from somewhere. It's, it's, it's weird. Because when you come... I come up with these stories and, you know, they're all... They, they do all come from a place. You know, a, a worry, a stress... It's funny how a lot of feedback when it first came out from people was, oh, I just preferred seeing you, you know, do not not a story, I just want to see you. And it's like, well, this is more revealing than any of the other stuff. Because it's all come out of my head and it's my worries. Every one of these little episodes mm-hmm. about feeling useless or could I have done better and going back and trying to put a wrong right and all that, it's all, it's all coming from me. So if you like me, then you should like this. But it just seems like anything you've got to follow, rather than the travel stuff where you can dip in and out and just see me dancing about. It's easy. That's easy telly for people. Mm. You can watch that with one eye on it and the other hand messing about with the phone or another. You know, it's it's that sort of telly. But Whereas it, this
0: is you've got to follow it. But even with those, they kind of put you in a situation where you were being you were shown at your most uncomfortable, right? So yeah. You only saw one side of you. You didn't actually see. Yeah. The other I bits.
2: mean, and 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 there was times when we were away filming, when I enjoyed something. And whoever was in charge of that trip would go, oh, we didn't think you'd like it. And I'd go, yeah, it's good. But they never show that, because it's not as interesting as seeing someone having a bit of a breakdown. Mm. You know, it's like I'm a celebrity, is it? You know, you, you, they show you the arguments and the and the stress. That's the telly, is it? So people sort of go, oh, yeah, you really like that? You're constantly sort of moaning. It's like, no, I'm a heck. You know, that's a part of me. Edited down version. It's edited down. It's a a nine-day trip, and you're watching 45 minutes of it. And it's like, why do not you work that out?
0: Wow, so that was Carl Pilkington talking about his experiences on An Idiot Abroad. Fran, can you imagine what a 45-minute edit would look like of you over nine days? I would love to see that.
1: I truly dread to think. I mean, you'd get some real nuggets of the great times, but... Whew, oh,
0: you get the bad. The bad
1: times.
0: And that's making the edit.
1: As a reality enthusiast, I would love to tune into it, <laughs> just not be the centre of it, to be honest with you. Oh, I'd lead the edit on that, for sure. But, I mean, moving on, like, honestly, how was that for you meeting him? Because I personally found it quite surreal going into, because I really expected that what I'd seen on screen was kind of Carl Pilkington, the character... But then in real life, it's it's kind of like, where does that start and end? I don't know. I don't
0: know if he is a character. Because it's like on, on all these shows, you kind of see a version of Carl, don't you? And you kind of see that in Sick of It as well. He's kind of this regular guy. But the more the interview went on, you kind of saw how his mind works. And he's actually a really deep, considered thinker, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he was really truthful with us with some of the stuff that he oh, was talking so about. Honest. Yeah, really And honest. you can see how he got to the premise of... Sick of it because actually you can see when he's thinking that internal voice going yeah. like I would just love to see his actual inner voice out there to understand what's going on inside his mind. He almost was. I know he almost was. He <laughs> did kind of let us in a little bit a few times. He kind of let out what he was thinking, but I just thought it was it was a truly sort of fascinating interview and a side of him that I didn't really see before as a viewer of kind of the, the programmes that he's been in um, And He plays
0: himself down as well, he's so sort of self-depreciative.
1: The whole premise of I'm not really an actor, or oh, if I was good at this, you know, but actually he's doing it, he's living it and he is good at it, but he, yeah. can't, he can't kind of see that in front of him But I mean, needless to say, some of the best nuggets were yet to come Oh they were for
0: sure. Yeah. So
1: let's get back to it.
0: Our interview with the one and only Carl Pilkington Is it fair to say you cared about this more than other projects?
2: Yeah, just because, you know, there's room and space to care for it. You know, if you go back, you know, to radio, radio is very throwaway. What happens, happens, it's gone, you leave the studio, you can't go back, change it, that's it. Podcast, it was kind of, we did that because Ricky and Steve were busy, didn't have time for making a better one or anything. It was like, we've got an hour, let's go in a room and chat. Again, that was it. And Ricky said, "That's that's what's exciting about it. What you get is what you get." Mm. Whereas a bit of me was always, "These are rubbish. These are really. Oh, can't we do it? Do it again?" He's going, "It's great. What's up with you?" And I'm going, "I don't like it." And then the travel stuff again. You know, if you're traveling to, flying to the other side of the world, you know, you can't get back and say, oh, "Let's go back and like do some better stuff." It's very, it very it's It is what it is. Whereas with the scripted thing, there's so much time. There's so much time to sit and ponder every little bit of d everything that's in sick of it i don't know if people notice but everything that happens every little scene it's all linked to the theme of the episode in some way it might not seem it but it is and I, i really enjoyed that it was like doing a jigsaw and it felt like proper telly you know this is like we're making something proper here whereas the other stuff has always been like i said throwaway. it's kind of very you know, you watch it for a bit, you never think about it again. You're not meant to watch and then turn it off at the end and think, like, what was he saying there? So it was it was good to have that that time to sit and think and think and think. And in another way,
1: a bit of me didn't enjoy it because it's very easy just to go, let's start again. It's an overthinker's nightmare because you, you can keep tweaking and yeah. tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. Yeah, which isn't good for anyone. <laughs> it's like people have plastic surgery,
2: isn't it? And they go, my eyes look good now. Oh, but look at my nose. But they keep going. Yeah, they keep the going. Just you, no one ever just has a little bit and then leaves it. It's a, you know, you, you mess, you fiddle. That's what
1: you do in it as a human. Messing about all the time. But did you always know that the same person was going to play the inner voice? Or did you ever toy with the idea that actually sometimes the inner voice feels like someone who's not you? I don't think. Would you ever? So, been? like a totally different actor, which would have been a lot easier. <laughs>
2: But I think <laughs> I think what what we wanted to make sure is, say if someone just dipped in,
1: yeah, it's it's easy to digest. Yeah,
2: when it's it's different.
1: like oh, it's him. It's
2: in his head. Like even a bit of detail, the hat thing, is, you know, my inner self in sick of it has got a woolly hat on. Now a bit of that is to help the audience to know that oh, that's the inner self. Just so the, as you continue watching it, you always know which one's the voice in the mm. head. But another bit of it for me was the fact that. That was like an, a little insecurity. Even in my head, I don't want to see myself as being bold. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we never used it in a, in a storyline or anything, but it was kind of a, yeah, that's how I'd want to
1: see myself. I don't want to see it. So if you were talking to yourself... Put a hat on. Put a hat on. Yeah. I could have gone for I a week. That. I, I could that. have gone for a week. Yeah, I mean, Tom yeah. definitely understands.
0: Yeah. Well, Do you eight, eight, eight. We did some testing over Christmas for the podcast, and we yeah. did about 40 minutes... The shiny bald head got mentioned about four times.
1: But Tom, so I think because why? it's one of Tom's insecurities, he puts it on the table and mocks himself. So I think there is yeah, four, well, it's I for its fair game for other you, people you, to... You mention it first. Yeah.
0: But then people take advantage of that. It's like the elephant in the room. Oh, it's been mentioned. Oh, let's, let's, let's take all it pile down on. now.
2: Pile on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bundle. Yeah. yeah, I know. But it's... What can you do? What Hair transplant. Do? <laughs> yeah. Have you thought about it?
0: Not really, I'm quite comfortable with it actually I thought I think when, when it first it. started happening I was like oh I'm going to look absolutely terrible but now you just get used to it It
2: is that, What did you just say owning it? You just own it, yeah, yeah. It is that, I, you know I liked having hair and there was one of the travel shows when I, they, they did a hair thing in some country called a I can't remember, they didn't call it a wig but it was something that was glued to your head so it was permanent for six months of the year yeah. like you can mm. wash it and I, I was like oh this is good you looked dead happy with this that. Is, I know I really was. I was like, "This is." It's took t- years off me, but you just have to own it. It's like it's like people with false legs, isn't it? They wear shorts a lot. You see the metal legs. They don't wear long trousers. They go, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own this. I want people to know I've got false legs," and it's that. Be proud of it, but it's bad in rooms like this, isn't it? Because I, yeah, I can see the shine, reflection. It's on yours. blinding, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's <laughs> weird. It's, it's weird how like it's weird. You know, when uh, I always there's no shame in a way. You do TV programs and chat shows and stuff, and yet I might be talking. It happened the other day. I was on this morning with Philip and Holly, and we're having a discussion about something. And someone just comes in, starts colouring in my head, <laughs> just like like they, like they paint in a, a room. Do you know what I mean? Just Empty slapping shine. it on, yeah.
0: One of the things I did want to ask was uh, playing Dougie and Derek. Like mm. how much of an influence was that leading into Sick of It? Did that help that you'd had a little bit of that experience?
1: Um, just eating a biscuit. <laughs> I was gonna go um. with the biscuit question, would have been very relevant um, for right now, but
2: Dougie. Um yeah, I didn't I didn't like it. I remember being out with Ricky and he said, Do you want to be in it? I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. And he said, No, just in the background, we'll just put you in the background and now and again you get the odd line and uh I was like, yeah, all right. And then um, it just sort of snowballed and he was saying, oh, do a bit here and come over in this scene, do a bit in this, do a bit in that. And it was so different to what I'd been doing. And like I've been saying to you, I need time. I need time to get used to ideas and mm-hmm. what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I just felt really um, overwhelmed. Just like, I can't do this. And, and what was weird in that, You know, there's a lot of characters in it, so they'd call you up and you'd have to be on set for I don't know, six in the morning. And then I'd have that stupid wig put on. And then I'd I'd be sent to like a trailer and I'd sit in there worried. And the longer it went on, the more it sort of plays up and suddenly it's like it's eleven o'clock. It's like I've been here since six. What Mm. is going on? You know, it's like is this something is there a camera in this thing and this is the test to see almost like a police cell or something where that's what they do you know they keep you in there so you start like stressing out and I like, know that i've been in police cells and stuff but <laughs> it's like mind games so um it wasn't for me and that in a way that it just scared the hell out of me especially because like these people in it who are actors you know like kerry and uh david yeah david well david was like me david was in the same boat as me we were both sat there going what is everyone thinking when we're just winging this and messing about, and especially with some older, you know, if there was a older cast in there and proper actors. But you had some really intense scenes. You know, the the, the daughter that took her mother's ring? He yeah. properly went in on her. Like... But I remember saying to Ricky, I can't do this. I can't do this one. This is, like, proper. And he went, well, look, just have a go at it, and if it doesn't work, then we'll get round the story another way. But just give it a go. And I think part of the you see me sort of a bit shaky and a bit angry, and it's because I'm actually scared. That sort of adrenaline in mm-hmm. me, being like, I don't know if I can do this. But then the woman who was playing the the one who's getting the ring, she's a proper actor. She's in like this country and all that. And I think she she came over and sort of said that was really good. You sort of made me f- forget my lines because you were like having to go at me. Yeah. And I, I I was like, oh sorry. And she's like, oh, no, no, that was good. That's 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 what you should do. So I was like, oh, all right then. But I didn't, I didn't sort of do that and go, I've cracked it. I'm Christian Bale. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I just went, i got away with it. I don't know where no, that came so from. Good. But you I can't got say away that. with it. No, but that, that's, and I wish, honestly, I really wish I could at some point get the confidence. I don't know how much stuff I've got to do before I go,
1: actually, maybe I'm not bad. Wait, I love that you talk about people as actual actors.
2: Yeah, I because... was opposite
1: an actual actor, and I was just there. No, because I, winging I think, it. you
2: know, because you've got to give actors respect, and you know, the ones who do it, proper acting, when you can just, uh, you can be someone else, and I don't think I'll ever get to that. You can't wing that, crying on demand
1: and being uh, doing an accent, doing an accent. <laughs> uh, that that <laughs> for me on the CV for when Spielberg calls, that'll be the two absolute no goes. They can't cry and they can't be but, saying a that, but But
2: I'd say but I'd say, listen, I'm a real person and I'm not much of a crier. I just go a bit quiet. Well things that don't make you cry, biscuits.
1: Mm. So season two, we obviously open with you chomping away on a packet of ginger nuts. Yeah. Um which obviously I can huge identify with. Real biscuit biscuit lover. Biscuit, I love biscuits. And again We've though, seen you eat three actually in this one recording, which was Again, yeah, you I say that he's a, true to he's true yeah. to life to you. I feel but, I've but, really. But, seen but that. also in the
2: series, it's about you know it is um you, you talk about like emotional eating and stuff, don't they? Mm. Sometimes you turn to crappy foods and that if you're not happy. So um, that's kind of what that's about. Even though it was also a reason just to have some biscuits on set.
1: Well, we played quite a fun game where we had to choose for each other what biscuit we would be if you if you took biscuit form as a character. So if you had to be a biscuit, what biscuit do you think you'd be? What, can, can you just tell so, me so what, i got a how, digestive. So I Why? thought Tom would be a digestive. So he's, you know, pleasing for the masses, you know, not particularly controversial. True. Maybe looks a little bit crumbly, but pretty sturdy. I don't even know what that means. Dunking in a cup. Cr- you look crumbly. You know, like, is he on the edge? Not quite sure, but actually he's, he's pretty sturdy.
0: So I said you were custard cream, didn't I? Because once you've had a few, you've I've had enough of these.
1: Yeah, and he also yeah. said fancy to look at, but a little bit disappointing. Yeah,
0: I'd say that's probably all true.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You see, and it's got to be
2: one biscuit. I can't say, well, I'm I'm an assorted, I'm a sort assorted uh, collection. An assorted, it could as be as a a assorted pack. yeah, because you no, know, just because a, fox is a sorted mix. Are any of us the same person all the time? Do you know what I mean? So I'm. Um, I'd, I, I might pick a biscuit today, but you phone me up tomorrow. I'm not saying you do. But, uh, you know, I'd, right. I'd have a... Uh, he probably would. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't phone, he'd knock, he'd knock on the door. So no, I don't he'd just know be standing
1: I've... at the window looking in. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Come
2: on. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but today, if it was a biscuit... Yes, yeah, so who are
1: you... What biscuit are you today?
2: Probably something like... Uh, I don't know what they're called. But the, I think foxes make them. And they're kind of two ginger biscuits oh, with a bit of cream in the middle so i think i'm sort of nothing special to look at It's said you know it's a ginger biscuit so what's ginger biscuit but if people give me time and get to that squishy bit in the middle they'll go oh, actually is not what i thought
1: All there right? we go that's also my favorite biscuit no. And I'm not just saying that. No, you just I'm the no one in the foxes assortment. I, I go for straight him. for that. Of
0: course you say that for
2: him.
1: Yeah, well, you know. And that I would have said that that's a good answer, outside though. of this forum as well. That's, that's weird.
2: A... So, <laughs> but that's why sometimes, sometimes you got to give someone time to think it and through. And you hit the
1: nail on the head there.
2: Yeah, I think that says a lot about me. I think once people, because it does annoy me. That's one of the things when you're on the telly and all that. People always think they know you. They think, and they made up their mind and then once they get to know you, they go, actually, you're not that bad. I thought you'd be annoying or whatever. So that that's a good biscuit as an example, that little treat. You can't really see. It's not a thick mid. You just think it's a, a ginger biscuit in the pot. Just pack, a normal
1: everyday biscuit. It
2: just looks ginger. And then you pick it up you go, oh, hello. It's two here. There's two. What's that stuck- well, sticking it together? And it's like a really top quality, creamy substance, isn't
1: Delish. it? Delish. So there you go.
0: Right, well, we've got another fun game. Another feature of Sick of It at the beginning was Would You Rather. So, so for got... anyone
1: who's not seen the series, oh, yeah, you to... open up on your... your... Date. I was going to say date, it's date. It, but it's not a date. It no. um, thinks it's a
2: date. Yeah,
1: the would think it's a date. We perceive that it's a date, and uh, the lady in question, who is actually technically being interviewed to be a carer for your aunt, you play a game of would you rather. Yeah,
2: and the question was kind of to me, auntie, because she wanted to just do fun brain games. You know, that's what's good for old people to get them thinking. So it was the what would you rather... Game.
1: So we thought it was a great opportunity to do a few what-would-you-rathers. Go on then, Fran, kick it off. Go on. So obviously it is the Plot Twist podcast, so the first one has to be around the notion of some classic plot twists that you might see in a film. Mm. So you're reading through a script, you're really on board with the character. Maybe it's Spielberg's giving you the call-up. You're reading through yeah. and you, you suddenly encounter an unexpected twist for the character that you're in the lead for. So would you rather be... Eaten by a shark or slowly poisoned by a family member. But there's a difference here. <laughs> Hang on. I appreciate that the, the narrative of that film is probably highly confusing that both <clears throat> of those could be an option. No but...
2: no but 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 it doesn't matter, does it? So so basically this is a film, it's not my real life. This is the character that you're playing. Right. So which would I prefer yeah.
0: as the lead character to be killed off?
2: If I'm killed by a shark then that means I've got to be in the sea, right? We'd hope so, that's yeah. that's where they knock about, isn't it? we well, very fancy, yeah. Paul. So, yeah, but the poisoning thing seems very relaxing, isn't it? It's obviously some... <laughs> it's in a cup of tea or something. It's very easy, whereas I know if you're doing a scene around water, it's a lot of faff. These mm. waterproof cameras... There's health and safety people there. They're going to probably have to CGI in the shark. There's there's going to be a lot of messing. Are you a good swimmer? Terrible, terrible swimmer. Another problem. So just on that level, I don't care about a film. And and if it was my film and I'd be going, oh, but it's a bit dull, isn't it? It's a bit dull, the poisoning thing. Um, We did a lot of scenes in Sick of It. That meant it was hard work, the scene in the pedalo. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no shark involved, it was just a boat and water. Purely on water. And it's an absolute nightmare, because a pedalo Goes drifts. Yeah, And they're on this other big boat with a camera, and they're going, can you just wait there? And it's kind of like, not really, no. It floats, there's not a break, I'm moving about, you follow me. I've got no control of this. So just selfishly, thinking about the, the filming, I'd go for the poisoning.
1: Right. And just on a side Is that the note... the right answer? Is that what There's, there's no right answer. No right answer,
0: yeah. Well, I let's, mean... let's do a more generic one, shall we? Um, <laughs> so would you rather be reborn in the past or born again in the future?
2: Oh, it's so, so <laughs> hard, because... <sighs> the future seems scary, doesn't it? It does. I feel out of place now. You know what I mean? Mm. Nearly 50. I can't keep up with it. So the future future will just be, like, mind-blowing, won't it? I think all the fun out of life will be gone and we'll just be sort of brains in jars.
1: Or the plot twist might be that we actually... Everyone gets so bored of the technology that we actually... Go, back, river go backwards. River
2: backwards, yeah. Bit of a gamble, that. You've just made mm. that all. Might not be the case. No, I
1: have. You could go into the future and it is crazy. There's no guarantees.
0: Skyscrapers
2: everywhere... I, I was always moaning about graveyards, sort of like, look at the amount of space taken up. But they might be the only bits left yeah. for a walk because you can't build on them. People go, you can't, it's sacred and all that. But So they might be where families go for picnics. You might be picnicking <laughs> on top of dead bodies because that's the only pl- bit of green land left. So, um, I thought you would have said the past. I know, but this... There's a little bit of me that's like the future. You want to you wanna look round the corner a bit,
1: don't you? There's a bit that's like, how is all this going to end? With the past, at least, you're stepping into more of the known, yeah, whereas but, the
2: future's the unknown. And I'm definitely deciding the year. So it's yeah. not like yeah. I don't just go past and then I end up in a time when there's no neurofen, I've got a banging <laughs> head Because it's things like that, innit? That's things that we take for granted. Yeah. I feel like I'm answering this without being honest. I with also you.
1: feel like you're answering as though we're about to put you in a, a, a time portal machine and put you there.
2: I know because <laughs> because isn't that that's that's it, isn't it? It's a question, so you have got to think it through. And like, I don't want to walk out of here and go, uh, what have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, sod it! I'm gonna go. For, I'm gonna go future. Oh, adventurous. Go, go for it. Talk Just about unexpected it, turns. Yeah, yeah, we we kind of know what's been and. I suppose it can't be that bad. I said the future was going to be bad, but there's good and bad at every, every time, every isn't there? Every yeah. time you go back, you don't. You haven't told me what life I'm being born into. I could be like some king. We don't. You don't know. So I'm going to go. It's more exciting. The unknown. Go on. What year? Twenty. Twenty fifty. Oh, we haven't. Oh, really we'll go back. beyond that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well. One last thing. As you know, we're uh, we're a little bit new to this podcasting malarkey. And obviously you've got a bit of a previous. What yeah. sort of advice would you give?
2: Well, i just told you, I'm not giving out advice. <laughs> you've got to learn. learn <laughs> I was about to way. say, I knew you could ask. I thought, yeah. I was going to say,
0: how are we doing? but I. I'm, it's I'm weird though, because
2: you're working. This is for Now TV, isn't it? It is. So you've got to sort of maybe give out a certain sort of uh, vibe, vibe yeah. and all that. You gotta be a bit upbeat, you know what I mean? It's sort of a bit like watching <laughs> Phil and Holly, here, do you know what I mean? Well, that's, that's a good nice. Keeping it going, you can yeah. sort of upbeat and all that. Whereas okay. so it's tricky. I, I I was lucky that, you know, the three of us did our podcast and there was no one else involved. So we were allowed to just be us, which is the ultimate ultimate freedom, that isn't it just it's authentic not yourself, isn't it? yeah. Yeah. So uh but you you're doing alright, you've got your questions and we've managed it. I mean reference made out like, the other side
1: biggest compliment in my career you know which do you think of sort of all of the projects you've been in all of the experiences to date has been the most unexpected that you would never have foreseen coming all of it
2: all of, from the moment i got onto radio it's all been like how did that happen and and the weird thing is if you'd have said to me when i was a kid like this is what's going to happen, I would have been like, you are joking me, aren't you? I don't want to do that. (laughs) The idea of it terrifies me. So it does amaze me when I think of keeping myself to myself Then suddenly it's like you're front in a TV programme or whatever or you've got to sit in front of a crowd at a screening and talk about what you're doing. It's mental because it's just not me. But there's a little bit of me that wishes... I sort of go, oh, I wonder if life would have been pretty good if all this didn't happen. I wonder if I'd sort of be a bit happier inside. So there's pressure a... in this industry. I don't even want to be like sounding like that, like, oh, there's pressure in this, you know, it's hard work, this. <laughs> because it isn't compared to a lot of jobs. But it's just that you do lose you lose a little bit of normality. Mm. When you go somewhere, you know, the other day I was in Wicks just buying some <laughs> softener, salt softener for the water softener thing. There was a lot of kerfuffle. And it's just like, look, I'm just normal. I'm just in there buying buying this. I'm just buying water softener stuff. It's no big deal. And that I don't like it. You can't be moody with people because it's part of the gig. But that's the bit when I go, you know, when's this going to go away? Mm -hmm. It's weirder because I think if it was Tom Cruise, I don't think that would happen. I think people would be like, it's Tom Cruise. But nobody would probably go over. They'd go, you can't go over. Tom Cruise, leave him. Mm. Whereas, oh, it's just Carl buying some water softener. Really feel because of the characters you play that you love it. Well, it's, it is it's relatable it. so and it's. You go, I know what he's like, and even if he tells me to sod off or whatever, it's be funny, Carl. Oh. But there
1: is times <laughs> when it's just like, oh, I, I don't know what you want from me. Do you know what I mean? So, really, if younger Carl was doing this now, the kind of narrative that your life has gone in would have been the plot twist version of the so, unexpected but, versus the expected.
2: So are you, what, like a sliding doors? Maybe, maybe I'd see myself, I'd be on that train being assled and I see me in that other world looking quite relaxed and looking over and I'm nodding my head at myself like, Yeah, you shouldn't have done it. Could have gone one of two you ways have done this it. is the way that it went. And there he's just sat there quietly reading a book, quite happy with his <laughs> coffee and a donut and I'm sort of being mobbed or whatever. But, I don't know. You can't... It is what it is. You can't moan about any of it, can you? And it's just that you always want everything and you can't have it all, can you?
0: There's a lesson. Well, Carl, thank you for being on the Plot Twist podcast.
2: Is this the first one? This
0: will be the first episode,
1: yeah. Well, you know, it was all right, wasn't it? It's been it great. Been fun. I feel we've learned a lot about the series, a lot about we've you chatted,
2: and... We've chatted about all sorts of stuff, ping-ponged about. It's always the best sort of chat. Some some interesting bits. A lot of waffle. <laughs> we we'll get out the waffle. You get rid of that. No, I, I thought it was all right. Cheers for having me.
0: Ah, oh, there he was, the man, the legend, Carl Pilkington.
1: The more that he says he doesn't want to be famous, the more I'm like, make more, do more. <laughs> I want to see more. <laughs> It's really surreal. It's like, I completely get what he said about people seeing him in public.
0: Oh, can you imagine? He is the sort of guy that you would go up to, though, wouldn't you?
1: He feels like he could be a mate. So true to what he said, if I saw Carl in Homebase, and if I saw Tom Cruise in home base, Tom Cruise I would run away from and be like, oh my God, I've just named Tom Cruise. But Carl, I'd be like... How's There's it going, Carl. All right? Yeah. yeah, how's it going? Yeah. Which must be really
0: surreal because... But that's how he puts himself out there, that he's not this celebrity. He's not sort of this fame-hungry guy. He just he's kind of fallen into it. And then he's been dragged along by Ricky and Steve and everyone else.
1: But it makes him really endearing.
0: It does, yeah. It makes
1: him so likeable. I think we got the biggest compliment of all.
0: Holly and Phil. Phil
1: and Holly. Mm. Hello. Must be doing something, right?
0: Watch out, guys. We're coming for you.
1: I know. Well, there you go. One day you might be on the same level as Carl and then you won't just be super fan. You'll just be... Actually, colleague, colleague yeah. in the industry.
0: Well, we've got the same sort of head.
1: We um, <laughs> so. did look a bit like maybe like distant relatives. I just thought what was great about that is we both entered it being very much like this is an interview. But it really was like a chat. His views are so interesting. The way he operates is so interesting. How so he breaks it down
0: though, isn't it? Like even when you said about the alphabet, why is it in the order that it is? And like like the way he's questioning it all the time.
1: It's so simple. You can and see the cogs it's going. like no one asks these questions. Yeah. I can see why they so thought. So curious. Let's put him into really ridiculous situations and get his musings on it. The way, the
0: way he sort of perceived, isn't it? Even like the title of An Idiot Abroad, like that's just, that's like a small segment of Carl and the way he thinks and breaks things down. Even when we asked him about the biscuit, he really wanted to get like the right answer.
1: And actually the irony being, he's so far from an idiot. Oh, so far. You know, that, that mm. depth of thought. You know, in a classic kind of idiot personification, is actually not him in any way, shape, or form, and I think that's what was not at all. the sort of most sort of fascinating and probably most misunderstood perception of Carl as a person. Um,
0: so, going back to that question, do you think he's a character? A persona, there's a separate persona there, or is he just true to himself?
1: I think before having met him in person, I would have kind of said, "Oh, perhaps he plays up elements of his personality when on screen, and perhaps kind of the fact that he named." his lead protagonist after himself. You know, he even said, I had to play someone who was closely aligned to me because I'm not really an actor.
0: I guess out of everything that he's done, it's probably the most honest portrayal of himself, right?
1: Yeah, and I think having met him in person, my sort of key takeout was, I think what you see is what you get, and that is really, really refreshing. It's really endearing. Really endearing,
0: Oh wow! That was the first episode done.
1: I know. I nice ticked the
0: box. Yeah, that was amazing.
1: It was incredible, but it doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't stop, there. stop there, does
0: it? No. Next week, we've only got Danny McBride, and Needy Patterson. Oof. Oh my god, I can't wait for this! They're talking about their new series, The Righteous Gemstones.
1: Hold on, and these guys are sort of TV preachers who hold sort of big televised religious ceremonies.
0: Televangelists, yeah. And they are corrupt. But that makes for an interesting watch. Oh, I can't wait. So next week, we're going to talk to them about The Righteous Gemstones, their careers and all the unexpected plot twists that have happened.
1: Well, I think for the time being, everyone's probably heard enough of our voices. Probably. So that's it for our first podcast. So from me, Fran, and that one over there.
0: It's Tom. Thank you.
1: um, Until next week.
0: Thank you for listening.